The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Missing Link podcast. And as always, thank you so, so much for tuning in. Today, we are going to be talking about the Epstein-Barr virus and its connection to multiple sclerosis. I am assuming that all of the listeners right now have heard of this at some point in their life, but especially within the last month, because in the middle of January, there was an article that was released in the journal called Science all about newest connections between EBV and MS. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. For decades, researchers have suspected that people infected with the Epstein-Barr virus, also known as EBV or mono or the kissing disease, might be more likely to develop in people with multiple sclerosis. So this is not the first time that we have heard of this connection, but there wasn't much scientific data to back this theory until now. So in mid-January, a team of researchers from Harvard reported what some are saying is the most compelling evidence yet between a strong link of these two diseases. So you might be thinking, yeah, yeah, I've heard this news. I've heard studies like this before. This isn't new information. Or you might be thinking, well, I've never had EBV. So this research is ridiculous and it doesn't apply to me. However, I would encourage you to keep listening. So I'm going to go into three main components of the research. I'm going to outline it all for you and explain why it's so important, because in my mind, this research does deserve to be in the headlines as it has been over the last month or so, and I'll share why at the end. So as I already mentioned, this article was published in the journal called Science, and 10 million people on active duty in the U.S. Armed Forces were examined over a 20-year span. So this is the largest group and the lengthiest time span observed on EBV and MS to date. So in this study, they looked at medical records of just over 800 people with multiple sclerosis and about 1,600 people without multiple sclerosis. So they were looking at who had EBV exposure, which by the way, you can tell from a blood sample, and who did not have EBV exposure. Based on their findings, they came to the conclusion that you need to have exposure to this virus in order to have multiple sclerosis. 
their findings showed that all but one person that had multiple sclerosis was also exposed to EBV, even those who never had symptoms of EBV. And the research did not go much into that one person that didn't have EBV, and they made it pretty clear that it was an outlier and likely misdocumented information. So this study is showing that having EBV and being exposed to EBV at some point in your life is an absolute must in order to get multiple sclerosis. They also said that your risk of getting MS increased 32-fold after infection with EBV. And just so you know, they did look for exposure to other viruses as well, and they found that there was no increase in getting multiple sclerosis with infection with other viruses, just EBV. Another piece of information that this article went into was about serum levels of neurofilament light chain, which to make this easier, I'm going to abbreviate to NFL. And what you mainly need to know about NFL is that it is a biomarker of neural degeneration to nerves. So this is something that is seen in people with MS because people with MS have neural degeneration or damage to their nerves. So if you're someone with MS and your serum levels of the neurofilament light chain are tested, they will be present. So in this study, they looked to see if NFL was present or not. And what they found was that NFL increased after exposure to EBV, but not any other risk factors. Once again, suggesting that EBV is the leading cause of multiple sclerosis. So previously to getting EBV, NFL, these neurofilament light chains were not present. But post-EBV, once people were exposed to the Epstein-Barr virus, they could measure NFL in the blood, meaning no MS was occurring prior to EBV infection, but it does occur post-infection. So again, this is just going with the same theme of the study here, that infection with EBV is an important trigger to getting multiple sclerosis. Now, now, something that I want to share with you that has not been shared in this research study specifically, but we do know from other studies, is that 100% of people with MS have been exposed to the Epstein-Barr virus. And if you are symptomatic, this causes the kissing disease, mono. This often happens when we are younger, when we're in middle school or high school. And if you're symptomatic, those are the symptoms that you would get, things like lethargy, fatigue. But many people who are exposed to EBV can be asymptomatic, specifically if you're diagnosed when you're younger. However, it is very possible that you could have been exposed to EBV and been asymptomatic and therefore undiagnosed unless you get your blood tested and they see the markers there. And this is most likely to happen when you get EBV and you're at a younger age. So again, 100% of people with MS have been exposed to EBV. You may have been symptomatic or asymptomatic. Now, the second piece of information I want to share is that 95% of adults in the general population without multiple sclerosis are also exposed to EBV. 
So what we can gather from this information is that EBV does not mean that you are 100% going to get multiple sclerosis. 95% of the population gets it and then does not get multiple sclerosis. However, it's just one thing that they found in common amongst all MSers. So for those of my followers that have been messaging me saying, well, I've never had EBV, research shows that that is untrue. What a more accurate statement would be is that you never had symptomatic EBV, but if you were to get your blood tested, likely you would have the marker that shows that yes, you did have EBV. And the reason we know this is because once you have EBV, it, this is a chronic virus, it never leaves your system, which is why even if you had it symptomatically or asymptomatically when you're younger, you will still have it 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years later in your blood system. The researchers from this study did note that having EBV is not the only risk factor for MS, that EBV is just one of the risk factors amongst a combination of genetic and environmental factors. Other common risk factors that we know of are low vitamin D levels, smoking, and genetic factors. So we do know that in order to develop multiple sclerosis, you must have been infected with EBV at some point, but having EBV is not enough to cause MS on its own. These other factors, the genetic and environmental factors do additionally play a role. So the reason that I'm so excited about this is because this is really compelling evidence and the evidence from this study should further motivate research into therapies and vaccines for EBV. Research that has been done up until this point was not compelling enough where companies started investing in clinical trials and further development of vaccines or therapies. So I think that the results from this study is really going to launch a new area of therapy and management for multiple sclerosis. And the biggest question that I am receiving when I share this information is, well, what now? Like, yes, this is great information, but what now? So I just wanted to share that, again, I'm hoping that more research will be done in this area, specifically in possible prevention. You know, could we get an EBV vaccine? If so, do we vaccinate everyone or just people at risk who maybe have a family history of EBV? So for those that have not had EBV yet, a vaccine would be amazing. Now, maybe we also have a possible treatment. Once you have had EBV, again, it never leaves. It's always in our system. So potentially more research could share if EBV can be cleared through an immunotherapy. How amazing would that be? Also, can we slow the progression? Even though someone with MS does have EBV, is there a way to slow that process down? So these are the three areas, the prevention, the treatment, and slowing of progression that I'm really hoping more research will be done in in the very near future. And there actually is research being done right now. So there's a company called Tevagen Bio, and they are planning to make use of its current virus-fighting immune cell technology 
and turn it against the Epstein-Barr virus. So for people who are at risk of MS, fighting off an EBV infection could potentially mean preventing the disease of multiple sclerosis from developing. And for those that already are diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, an EBV treatment might dampen the immune attacks that ultimately damage the myelin sheath in the brain and the spinal cord, potentially slowing disease progression. So Tevagen Bio already has this technology out and the technology employs off the shelf cytotoxic T cells, which is a type of white blood cell that can kill other cells, such as those infected with a certain virus. So this potentially allows the body to replace the infected cells with healthy uninfected cells. This company is currently testing its technology in a phase one clinical trial, evaluating safety and efficacy of T cells in treating COVID-19. The therapy, which in case you're wondering, is called TVGN489, essentially involves collecting T cells from healthy donors who have recovered from COVID-19 and selecting the cells that specifically recognize particles from the COVID-19 virus. Tevagen now plans to use its technology and develop a donor-derived T-cell therapy against EBV for the treatment of multiple sclerosis. And they were quoted saying, we look to apply our significant expertise in off-the-shelf COVID-19 specific T-cells to explore EBV-specific T-cell therapy as a possible means of addressing the unmet needs of MS patients. So this is just really exciting. We now have this study that shows compelling evidence that EBV is connected to multiple sclerosis and research is already being done to develop some type of immunotherapy that can help people with multiple sclerosis. So definitely stay tuned for more details on this and more research, maybe even see if there's a clinical trial near you. There is a website called clinicaltrials.gov and this shows all the clinical trials happening and you can see if there's any happening near you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.